Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one life-affirming page of Talmud a day. It has been a few days since you've heard from us because, again, 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 we've had some Yom Tovs, some Chags, some more Pesach goodness to go with. And in the meantime, we have missed so many pages, pages about showering on Shabbat, about the right way to urinate, and about a whole host of things that require our attention. And so, to catch us up with what we missed over the long two-day break, we welcome back to the show our dear friend and rabbi, David Beshevkin. Hello. Oh, Leah, what a joy to uh, to be with you uh, in quarantine discussing the laws of uh, showering and urination and uh, talking <laughs> Hebrew. I mean, this is this is a pick me up, honestly. So I appreciate being on the phone with you. And so, look, we have uh, we have a short time ahead of us and a lot of work because we missed a lot of pages and we could spend literally three hours talking about all the incredible issues that we have missed. But I want to give our listeners a sort of quick recap of everything that we missed in these last two days of Chag, so that come Monday, we could once again jump into the cycle, now with Pesach behind us, and know that we are fortified. And so let's begin with with page 40, which contains one of the things, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you here, David, is these, this is one of these questions, the question of showering on Shabbat that always kind of weighed heavily on me. Why can't I have a nice warm shower on Shabbos? It's like, please do not give me this information right now. <laughs> it's know, the one I, thing I have. I was thinking, you know, there's a famous passage of Talmud and the Medrash says that, you know, nowadays we can't offer uh, karbonos, like sacrificial offerings, because we don't have a temple so the way that we offer sacrificial offerings nowadays is we study about sacrificial offerings, and that counts. That kind of embodies the merit of offering a sacrifice in the temple as if we had it. And I was thinking just now as we opened up the Talmud of how serendipitous it was that we're learning the laws of showering. Because I don't know about you, brother, but I'm not showering as often as I should uh, in this <laughs> quarantine. And maybe studying the laws of showering will have this same merit, in fact, as if I was actually showering as often as I should here uh, in quarantine in my house. Amen, Sela. So very briefly, tell us, what's the deal with showering on Shabbos? So showering on Shabbos is problematic for two reasons. And the Talmud, well, it's problematic for a bunch of reasons. I mean, you can leave it to rabbis. They'll come up with a lot of reasons. But there are two very obvious reasons. And one of them is dealt with in the Talmud over here. One reason is that in your home, to take a hot shower requires that you're going to be heating up cold water on Shabbos. And the rabbis were worried, not worried, it's not just the rabbis, it's biblical law, to heat up cold water on Shabbos is, as we have learned and we will learn even more, is a biblical violation of the laws of bishel, meaning cooking. You're like cooking up the water and making it hot on Shabbos. But what our Talmud is really focused on is this loophole which is, okay, so I won't take a hot shower with hot water that I'm making on Shabbos. What about if I pre-order on Amazon my hot water? Let's say I have hot water already 
already set aside, already ready to go from before Shabbos, why then can't I shower on Shabbos? And that's what our Talmud talks about, is that showering with hot water was what's known as a gezerah, an enactment. And the Talmud has like a curious story about this that I could definitely identify with, that one generation started showering. You know, they said, Biblically, you could use hot water on Shabbos, and they started using it, and then they started using water that was made on Shabbos. And they said, no, you can't do that. And then they said, okay, fine, so what about it? We'll, we'll go to the spa, and we'll just go to the Schwitz. And then they said, okay, you could do that. And then they started, again, using the, the hot water that they weren't supposed to. So they basically made a blanket public policy rule that no hot showers on Shabbos. And that's a rule that's codified in law, and obviously it's one of the tougher ones. And to me, I think of it less as a restriction about what you're able to do on Shabbos and more of an allowance and an emphasis on what amazing things you have to do before Shabbos and to get ready for Shabbos. And that is that your Friday Arab Shabbos shower has to be the greatest shower of all time. It has to be a shower that's going to be so delicious and enjoyable that it will last you straight through Shabbos. It's a 25-hour shower is what it's you're saying. It's a 25-hour shower. And I don't know about you, Liel. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but, like, I appreciate a schwitz. Like, I, I, I like a sauna. Like, I like sitting. I like the schwitz. I like the steam room. And you see in the Talmud, half of the stories in these pages are set in the Schwitz. This is where the rabbis were going to talk and to converse with one another. And uh, I, I connect with it. And if anything, it kind of uh, makes me look back fondly to the days where we could go out and sit in the steam room for a couple hours and really get those pores open. On to page 41. Speaking of the Schwitz, I am a very big Schwitz guy. I go to the Russian bathhouses in Brighton Beach almost every Friday. Oh, I love them. There's a great one on Fulton, downtown Manhattan. Oh, no, oh, no, no. That, that, my friend, is, 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 is the false messiah. The true That's one the <laughs> is, is with the Russian Jews all the way in Brighton Beach. But I really appreciated the sort of setting of this page. But there was all kinds of talk there that struck me as a little bit odd about urination. Urination. Did you mention that? I uh, uh, sure yeah. did. The, the, the Talmud over here My has... mind is naturally attracted to such, you know, important things. The Talmud over here has a principle. It's basically a story where there were two rabbis who were bathing together, and one rabbi kind of noticed, shockingly, that did this other rabbi hold his member, meaning his genitalia, uh, while he was urinating? And the Talmud has a principle that it is prohibited to hold your member while urinating um, because it is as if you bring the flood into the world. Now, this is obviously a euphemism that the Talmud is saying that somebody shouldn't be comfortable touching themselves because it could lead to impure thoughts, to masturbation, to all of these thoughts. But to me, I thought of urinal etiquette when I read this piece because I have been criticized because I am careful about this passage in Talmud, and I have been busted at a urinal where I'm standing at a urinal holding my phone with both hands sending an email. And people just find it so bizarre like to see you like really at work at a urinal. 
but the Talmud is saying, find something else to hold. Because if you get too comfortable touching yourself, it's going to lead to things that are far more inappropriate than sending a work email at a urinal. I think it could lead to a whole new revolution of changing urinal designs. I mean, maybe we need urinals with like little handles or oh, something to that. lean on. Wouldn't that be grand? I, I think they're yeah, for sure. You know, you should have a little stender over there. You could bring a book. You could <laughs> sit and you know spend some time, turn the pages. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. The urinal is up for a Talmudic redesign. There's no question about it. Amen to that. And we move to the final two pages of our of our allotment. Today's and Shabbat's forty two. And 43, a lot of discussions of stuff that is mukta, right? Stuff that is forbidden, prohibited. Enlighten us. What is the Talmud saying on these, on these pages? Mukta is a really fascinating Shabbos law that young children are probably familiar with. They grew up with a home that was careful about the laws of mukta. Mukta means to be set aside. And it's a prohibition, really, of, of eating things that were set aside. But there's been extended to moving things that were set aside, possibly even touching things that were set aside. But there are certain items in a household that are deemed mukta. For instance, your laptop or computer that are used for regular mundane things and not for Shabbos things would be considered mukta. And there's one classification of muktza that is discussed on this page that I actually think is like quite beautiful and it feels less like a barbed wire restriction around your toys, which is what muktza meant for me as a child. It was like this weekly barbed wire that went up over your electronic toys that I found so frustrating. But the way that the Talmud phrases it in the category of muktza is that once something is set aside and is not permissible for use on Erev Shabbos on Friday, it's set aside for the entire Shabbos. And it comes back to this central theme of this entire tractate, which is Shabbos is a universe unto itself. And that once something doesn't serve a constructive purpose on Shabbos itself, then it's not a part of the Shabbos universe. And it becomes mukta. It's set aside. It's part of your six days a week universe, your work emails, your car keys, all that other stuff. And on Shabbos, you have this unique universe where only things that are constructive, usable, and relevant to the Shabbos experience are a part of that world. And I actually find that kind of beautiful of like, what are the items, what's in your knapsack, so to speak, that you bring into your Shabbos universe? I absolutely love that. And you know what? I think it really puts a whole new lens on the entire way in which we look at Shabbat. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you very much. I hope Chag was wonderful, and I hope we have a great Shabbat ahead. Thank you so much, Liel. Enjoy your shower. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz, 
Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.